This message is brought to you by the Church of Pentecost Cyprus. As you listen, may it build faith in your heart, inspire hope in your life, and fill you with God's amazing love. Enjoy the message. He broke down and wept. My key text is taken from Mark chapter 14, verse 72. Mark chapter 14, verse 72. He broke down and wept. Mark 14, 72 says this. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down. I read again, immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. You see, this Christian race, or this Christian life, it's like a journey. And the journey we're called into is to walk with the almighty God. In Genesis 17 verse 1, the Lord appears to Abraham and he tells him that, Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. Now the implication is that there are Abraham has the possibility to not be perfect. But God is inviting Abraham to walk before him. And when we look at Abraham's walk with God, we realize that he made so many mistakes. And we see from that how a perfect God chooses an imperfect man and decides to walk with him. To walk with him. To walk with him. You see, many of us have an understanding of humanness as something that we are. And who we are, we are complete in that state. But when you look at Genesis and how God created things, using an example of a fish, whilst a fish is a being or an animal uh, in itself or a creature in itself, its ability to, um, to live out its fullness is dependent on its relationship with water. The day the fish decides to break its relationship with water, it will be there, but it will cease to function as God wants it. So that means in creating the fish, God in essence made it in a way that the fish has to be interdependent or dependent on water. Without that, it ceases to be really a fish. In the same way, when he created human beings, God spoke to himself and said, let us create man in our own image. So that means the day you break that fellowship with God, you cease to really be human. 
in the essence that God wants you to be. Please, I hope what I'm saying makes sense. The day you break fellowship with that. So you're not created as a finished product and that is it. You can stand in isolation. No. In the same way, the fish cannot stand in isolation. The moment it stands in isolation to water, that fish is totally useless. In the same way as human beings, God created us in a way that we must be dependent and attached to him. He didn't create us to be isolated. No. And we see that obviously human beings have the tendency to draw away, but God calls Abraham and he says, Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. A holy God wants to have a walk with us. And the picture I have in mind is, you see, when babies are trying to walk, what happens? They fall a lot. They fall a lot. They fall a lot. They fall a lot. But parents are very patient with a baby. True or false? No parents starts to hit the baby because the baby is falling. And that is what, or the kind of relationship God seeks to have with us. He invites us to walk with him, knowing that we are incapable of walking before him or walking with him by our own strength. He invites us to walk with him. But he knows that we're incapable of doing that very thing. So he's patient with us, and he actually goes with us at our pace. And a Christian journey is to be able to go from where you are at that place where you're falling to a place where you can now walk with God at God's pace and not at your own pace. And today I want to speak to a certain kind of individual who desires to walk with God but often finds themselves falling and failing. They desire to walk with God, but often find themselves falling and failing and are not sure what to do. And I've come to a place where they're so condemned and so broken like Peter. The Bible says he broke down and he wept because he realized how much he had failed the Lord. When people are in that state and they're backsliding, what happens is that they get to a stage where they don't work in church anymore. They get to a stage where if they sat in the front, you will see them gradually draw into the back. Seriously, you will see them gradually draw into the back. If before they were quite expressive in their worship, when they come, well, thank God for face masking. Their hallelujah is muted. Is low, the volume is lower. Because the guilt and the condemnation and the realization that they have failed the Lord so many times just overwhelms them. Just overwhelms them. Now, 31st night, many people had so many promises, made so many, said so many things to the Lord. And now we're at the end of January. And some have realized that actually the old has come back again. The things they said that they will not do anymore in this year, they have started doing them. They have failed the Lord. They have not made it past the end of the first month. 
Now, such a person, what should you do? So, those who keep failing, keep failing, keep failing in their walk with God, I'm addressing those people. And the Bible has a character who is an example of you and I in our learning of, um, in our um, desire to walk with God. And this person is Peter. 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 Mark 1, 16, 17 says this. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Seth and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter has started a business with his brother Andrew. And we know that Peter is married. His father is Jonas. He's married, lives with his mother-in-law. And he started a business with his brother Andrew. And they're fishing. That is what he knows. And then one day Jesus comes past. And Jesus says, Peter, follow me. Now Peter has not learned how to follow Jesus. No one has taught him how to. And he just leaves everything and decides to follow Jesus. And in following Jesus, he fails so many times. But for him, the desire is there to follow Jesus. No one has taught him. No one took him to school. No one told him that if you are to follow Jesus, this is what it looks like. One time, a rich man came to Jesus. And the person was asking how he can enter the kingdom. And Jesus was asking about telling him to keep the laws. And a man spoke about all the things he had kept. And then Jesus told him that, look, um, go and sell all your possession and come and follow me. And Bible says the man became so sorrowful. So sorrowful. And then Jesus said that it is difficult for the rich to enter into the kingdom. And then Peter turned and looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. We've left everything to follow you. He's now realizing that, okay, so I have left everything to follow this man, Jesus, but yet it seems it is impossible to enter the kingdom of God. So no one has taught Peter how to follow Jesus. And in his walk with Jesus, Peter experiences some highs. Peter is given the ability by Jesus through the command to walk on water. Peter is brought into the inner circle of Jesus and is taken to the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus reveals himself to him. Peter um, walks very close to Jesus. Peter even has the ability to receive revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. But this same Peter in his walk with Jesus also fails a lot. One time Jesus says that, look, I'm going to be crucified or I'm going to die. And Peter, out of his love and desire for Jesus, rebukes Jesus and says, Jesus, stop saying that. And then Jesus turns to him and says, Satan, get away from me. This man that I have left everything to follow, now he looks at me and calls me Satan. For some of you, that is it. You'd have stopped church. Peter does not allow that to discourage him. He doesn't allow the rebuke of Jesus. Because what he said, the honest truth is that all of us would have said that. Because Jesus is moving. He's called us to follow him. I've left my business. 
and I've come to follow you. And now you're telling me that you're going to die. If you die, what's the, what, what would have been the use of all the years I've spent following you? Where do I pick up things again? Where do I pick up things again? Peter. Peter. Jesus rebukes him, but Peter does not allow the rebuke to bother him. He continues with Jesus. Let's look at his failures. Mark 14. Mark 14, 27 to 31 says this. You will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into, into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I, Peter, will not. When it comes to zeal and passion and desire for the Lord, you can't challenge Peter. But he realizes that even though he has a lot of zeal, his actions do not match his zeal for the Lord. And there are some Christians who fall into that category. Peter said, declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered today, yes, tonight. Before, Jesus doesn't even say next month. He says today. Forget today. Tonight. Tonight. Before the rooster crows twice, you yourself would assume me three times. So, my question is, Jesus, knowing that Peter would deny him three times and would fail him, why does he still choose Peter to walk with him? God does not seek perfect people to walk with him. But those who walk with him, he makes them perfect like him. Jesus knows that Peter will deny him even that very night, three times. But he still chooses to walk with him. But Peter insisted, the verse 31, even after Jesus had said tonight, Peter, you will deny me. Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. So once Peter's voice was amplified, others also gathered courage. Yes, 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 we will also die with you. We will also die with you. Yes, Jesus, we will die with you. So you see that he's an influential person. Then Jesus takes Peter and a few disciples to Gethsemane. And he says, come with me, let's go and pray. My spirit and my soul is heavy. This is just a few minutes or let's say a few hours after this declaration. Verse 37 of the same Mark 14. So Jesus has gone in to pray. The verse 37 says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Peter, Jesus has told you that he's burdened. Come and just pray with him and you're sleeping. Just a few minutes, hours ago, you were declaring that, Jesus, I will die with you. Just that the first night, some people were declaring, Jesus, I, I, this thing, hey, we are done. We've not ended January. You're sleeping. You've gone back. You've gone back. 
So when he comes, he says, Simon, he said to Peter, are you sleeping or are you asleep? Couldn't you even watch or couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So that means Jesus had been gone for just one hour and Peter was sleeping. A man who, who so desires to walk with God, so desires to please God, but he finds that he keeps failing God. But yet God chooses him to walk with him. 38, 39. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. That means they were ashamed. It's not that they didn't want to. It's not that they don't love the Lord, but they just find themselves failing the Lord. This is the kind of question I'm talking to. Has anyone been in that place before? Hallelujah. 41. Returning the third time, he said to him, Are you still sleeping? And resting. So he's not just sleeping. He's also added resting to it. Enough. The hour has come. Look, the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Peter. A man who no one has taught him to walk with Jesus. But he desires to walk with Jesus. He leaves everything. And he finds himself failing Jesus. Then, something happened. Then something happened. Mark 14, 66 to, 60 to 77. This is what happens. Mark 14. See, in that just one chapter of Mark, look how many times Peter is failing Jesus. Mark 14, 66 to 77. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said. And went out into the entryway. It's not that Peter does not love Jesus, but he finds himself denying Jesus. 69. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses. And he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Look, we're no different to Peter. At every time, you're in a temptation, you have the option to do what God wants or to yield to temptation. Whenever you yield to temptation and do contrary, you've denied him. 
You've denied. You've denied. And just in one night, Peter has, what has he done? Hmm. Promised Jesus that, look, if all will fall away, he will not fall. Then, prayer meeting, three times, falling asleep. This man that he loves so much, this man that he's left everything, his business to follow, the man is burdened. A friend is burdened. He wants you to pray with him. I'm falling asleep three times. Then, now, people are saying that you are with him. You are one of them. And he says, I don't know him. And he even starts cursing. Sometimes we do things to prove to other people that we fit in. Sometimes. So people will like you, so people will accept you. You do things so that you'll be accepted. And when you do that, you are denying Jesus. So I'll read the verse 71 and 72. He began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. And when you read other translations, it says, and Jesus looked at Peter. Other, um, John will bring it in. Jesus looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him before the rooster crows twice. You will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. He broke down and wept. Because he realized that, how can I fail this man? How can I fail this man who came into my home and when my mother-in-law was sick, prayed for her and she became better? How can I fail this man who I spent the best of the last three years with? How can I fail this man? How could I have failed him so much? How could I have failed him so much? So because of the weight and realizing how much he's failed God, Peter actually went back to his fishing business. Because he, he felt that he was unworthy to still walk with this God. To walk with this God. See, some people who are backslidden and falling away, it's not because there's an issue with the church. No. It's because, like Peter, they have realized that they're constantly failing God. Constantly failing God. So Peter broke down and wept. See, there's a difference between Peter and other people. There are others who, when they're failing God, it doesn't bother them like that. It doesn't affect them like that. But for Peter, when we say someone has broken down and wept, for me it means a lot. It means a lot. So he goes back, does his own thing. He stops the fellowship. And then after the resurrection, Jesus met some women and he gave these words to them. Mark 16 um, 6 to 7. Mark 16, 6 to 7. He says, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking at Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell the disciples and Peter. Why should he add 
and single out Peter. He says, go and tell the disciples, and also Peter, that though he's failed me so many times, I still choose him. I still want him to lead the church. I still want him to walk with me. Peter felt so condemned that he had stopped and broken away because he felt that he had failed. Not only had he failed the Lord, but he wasn't a good example for the other disciples to look at. He wasn't a good example. But Jesus says, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Look for Peter. There are many Peters around in Nicosia and Cyprus. We must go and look for them. Just because you have failed doesn't mean that God has finished with you. No. God takes people like that. And he molds them. And he shapes them. And he used them for his glory. So he went and looked for Peter. They went to look for Peter. So you see, the love of God is always pulling us. The love of God is always pulling us. Even when we feel we don't deserve the love, his love is always pulling us. And if you are that place where you find yourself constantly failing and you're weeping and you're struggling with it, there are some who are unbothered. For those who are unbothered, I pray that God will cause you to be bothered. But like Peter, if you're like Peter and it bothers you how you are not consistent with the Lord, his love is still reaching out to you. He still chooses you. His promises for you have not come to an end. He still wants to use you. He still loves you. So they went and looked for Peter. Peter then came into their midst. Peter was restored. When you read John 21, 15 to 17, the heading says, Peter restored. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon's son, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So, God, you still want me to feed your sheep? Having seen how in the space of 24 hours, I have failed you. God, you still want to use me. He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So how God takes an individual like this who constantly fails him, not because he doesn't desire to please the Lord, Desire is there. Not because he doesn't have zeal and passion towards God. Zeal and passion is there. But he always finds himself failing the Lord. And God restores him. Restores him to a place where now even the shadow of Peter is healing the sick. A man who is a failure. Many of us would have seen someone like Peter and would have condemned him. Many of us would have seen Peter leave the church and would have said that, yes, that person should not be part of the church. But God is reaching out to Peter. It gets to a place where someone is dead. Tabitha is dead. And they hear that Peter is in Joppa. And they call for Peter. And Peter comes and he prays. And Tabitha rises. 
So, in essence, what I'm saying is that you can find yourself at a stage in your Christian life where, like Peter, you have zeal and desire, but you're failing the Lord. This is reality. This is reality. Let's not pretend that the moment you give your life to Christ, you enter into perfection in walking with God. There are moments where you fail him. But I want to tell you that God's love is still reaching out. Now, there are two things that happened. Peter responded to God's love. Peter responded. So when the woman sent the message to Peter, Peter actually came back into the fellowship. And then the other thing is, Peter did not allow his mistakes to define him. He still took his place amongst the disciples. He still led them. He still led them. And the other thing that happened was, he yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit. When you search through scriptures, those were the only things that changed with Peter. The Peter who was failing Jesus to the Peter whose shadow is now healing is the fellowship responding to the love, not allowing his failures to define him, still wanting to be used by God, and relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. So, God wants to use all of us. He broke down and wept. For all those who are in that season of their lives, I pray that God will touch you. I pray that God will help you. I pray that God will strengthen you and make you like Peter. So, in essence, that is what we're saying this year. When we talk about equipping the church, we don't just want to go and look for unbelievers as well. We want everyone here who there is a promise on their life. There is a prophecy and God has a plan for your life. But you're not at that stage where you can walk like the peace that we see in Acts. God wants to equip you. And he wants his love to transform you. So you can live for him. I pray that we will respond to his love. So we can't end this message without giving you an opportunity to make things right with God. If you would like to do so, then I would humbly ask you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I confess that I have fallen short of your expectations. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. Today, I accept the forgiveness and the salvation that Jesus offers. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Come live in me. Come change me. Come help me to live a life that pleases you. This I have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer for the first time, then congratulations. Um, you have taken the first step to making things right with God. We would encourage you to get in touch with us on any of our social media handles and we will help you to grow in your relationship with God. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he prosper you and be gracious and kind to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like to know more or have any questions, please contact us by email at info at copcypress.org or in any of our social media platforms at the COP Cypress. God bless you.